And before we get started on today's podcast, check out the links I have below. First up, Life Points. My friends, if you're like me, you like taking surveys. Well, now this site allows you to take surveys, earn points, and you can trade those points in for a variety of different gift cards and whatnot. So take a few moments, share your opinion, earn some points, earn some gift cards with Life Points. Click below, check them out. It helps support the show. And then, my friends, as always, my go-to social media folks is, of course, the folks at Social B. They are the go-to social media management tool for you. So you can post across all of your profiles, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, Google My Business, and TikTok. Have a variety of features, including recycling evergreen posts, setting up post schedules, Tracking performance analytics, checking link performance. Uh, you can you can you can sort your post into categories. They are the best. Check them out for free for 14 days. Check them out. Social B. The link is in the post below. Okay, shall we, folks? I think so. Let's get started with this week's podcast version of the Sad Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. Now broadcasting. From his hidden bunker and fully stocked bar, it is the Saturday Report with Hope Sebastian Taylor. Thank you and welcome once again, my friends, to the Saturday Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor, adventurer, entrepreneur, and amateur musician. And welcome to AWSM Radio, an independent, digital-only radio station that plays today's best music, old-school classics, along with a rotating cast of all-star DJs. AWSM Radio focuses on mainstream artists, independent artists, along with a variety of interesting talk and music shows throughout the day. All we do is entertain, inspire, and inform. And my friends, I want you to be part of the conversation. I want to engage with you, so please hit me up on the Twitter, on the Facebook, on the Instagram, on the Cameo, at Colt S. Taylor. Uh, occasionally, I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Colt S. Taylor, although not as much recently. I really need to get back into that. And then, of course, if you are entirely too busy on the weekends, which happens from time to time, and you miss this show, catch the podcast version of the show at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. And, of course, follow ColtSebastianTaylor.com. All right, my friends, let's get started with this week's Saturday Report. First up this week, my friends, a bit of history, a milestone. Something has happened last year that has not happened since 1987. Probably ask yourself, what's that? What what has not happened since 1987? Has California voted Republican? No. Has the GOP won a popular vote in the national election? Well, that actually has happened only once since 1988, actually. 2004. Look it up, folks. What else hasn't happened since 1987? I'll give you a clue. Music. That's right, my friends. This... This week, the Recording Industry Associate of America, the RIAA, as you know, I'm a big follower of the RIAA, or as we say in the biz, the 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 Raya, Raya, uh, in their annual revenue report, vinyl records. That's right, vinyl records outsold CDs for the first time since 1987. That's right, my friends. Over 30, 40? No, 30 years ago. 30, wait, 97, 
So over 20, 35 years ago, holy moly, over 35 years ago was the last time that happened. Vinyl Records outsold CDs. That's right, my friends. Uh, Vinyl Records sold 41 million units versus 33 million for CDs. CDs. Now, Vinyl Records, according to this report, have consistently increased for the last 16 years, according to this report, and now account for 71% of all physical music format revenue. That's right. Now, what does that mean? Well, Physical format means something you can hold. It's different than, like, buying the digital copy of music on, like, iTunes or Spotify or wherever, wherever you get your music. I don't know. But uh, that is almost three-fourths of all physical music is now in vinyl records. Mm -hmm. uh, physical formats have increased 4%, earning $1.7 billion between 21 and 2022. Vinyl sales... Account for 1.2 billion, experiencing a 70% increase in sales compared to the previous year, whereas CD sales plummeted by 18% in 2022. With that said, however, revenue from recorded music, 84% still comes from streaming, streaming services. So, like when you pay to listen to Spotify Plus or Amazon Music, um, the, the sort of like paying to listen to them, either through commercials or getting the premium services, that's still 84% of all recorded music sales. Digital downloads are 3%, physicals, uh, physical formats are 11%, and another 2% is... Um, uh, a category that I don't really understand what that means. So we're just going to skip it all together. Now, this is not the first time uh, this has been reported. Apparently, the Entertainment Retailers Association, the ERA, recorded this last year, but only looked at UK United Kingdom sales, whereas um, uh, this is a more larger, more larger uh, uh, analysis of sales. Um, so there has been a renewed interest in this format outside of the United Kingdom in the U.S. Uh, the report says that sales have grown in Germany, Japan, and South Korea. Uh, there are several factors in this revival, according to the report. Uh, many people say that the format provides a much warmer, more authentic sound compared to digital, although there really isn't... There's some, there's some, some studies say that this is a bit subjective. There's also a large nostalgia aspect of it, uh, but younger generations are driving sales too. Uh, they are praising the format's tangibility, being able to hold it, and uh, a lot of uh, musicians are putting some effort into the artwork on the covers of these vinyl uh, records and whatnot. So people are collecting them not only for the music, but also the artwork with it. Uh, artists for the Gen Z and millennial demographic make up a significant number of record sales in 2022. The number one seller, Taylor Swift. That's right, you Swifties. Uh, highest selling artist last year with over 1.7 million vinyl records. Harry Styles at 700,000, The Beatles at just over half a million, according to this report and whatnot. Um... 
the RIA report, the RIA found that music streaming services like Spotify and Apple, like I said, have 84% of all music revenue in 2022, grown 7% for the previous year to $13.3 billion. Digital downloads, however, continue to decline. Uh, the format plummeted by 20% to just under a half a billion dollars, having already found uh, fallen 12% in 2021. Uh, despite the popularity of digital music, people like the streaming rather over ownership unless you can own a physical thing of it, like a vinyl record. So we could be seeing here, my friends, a divergence in the music industry, whereas obviously streaming, very popular on cars and phones and working out, but when relaxing at home... For the artists that people actually really want to listen to, a large vinyl record seems to be overtaking the CD and the digital download. Which makes sense. Digital download, I mean, you just you just like find that song on Amazon or, or Google and have it play for you. You don't need to own it anymore. If people want to own the music, it seems, it looks like they're going with vinyl records. Will this happen to VCRs? Probably not. But, hey... Might be time to uh, pop, find them, find and find a, a, they're making record players. You could get a good record player now, anywhere. VCRs, not so much, ask my grandmother. But, um, hey, maybe it's time not to take those, uh, egg, that card of uh, records to the uh, yard sale and flip through them again. Uh, I know somebody who goes to uh, record stores, buys records on like, nickels and quarters and dimes and then sells them for five, ten, twenty bucks and makes a killing. So perhaps you perhaps perhaps you should poke around before these prices skyrocket. In other music news, Apple plans to launch a classical music streaming app. Yes, that's right. Apple is planning to launch a standalone app designed specifically for classical music for all those, you know, Highbrow classical music listeners. Who wants to listen to the Limp Biscuit? No, thank you. Beethoven for me. And uh, will be available in late March, offering access to more than 5 million classical music tracks. The app will have the largest, largest in the world classical musical catalog, featuring thousands of exclusive albums. The app will be free for users who already subscribe to Apple Music, which I... Do not. Uh, it appears to be this is the result of Apple's 2021 acquisition of classical music streaming service Prime Phonic uh, in, a in a statement released by Vice President of Apple Music and Beats. Uh, <laughs> Apple Music and Beats. Oh, the headphones. All for Shush said, Together, we are, we are bringing great new classical music features to Apple Music. And in the near future, we'll deliver a dedicated classical experience They'll truly be the best in the world. The new classical musical app is expected to be available on March 28th. Moving along into some sad entertainment news. After Tom Sizemore passed away this week at the age of 61 after suffering a brain aneurysm after a stroke, he had remained in critical condition for quite a while in coma and intensive care. Uh, not quite a while, but like like a week or so. 
um, doctors did not have a very good uh, prognosis for him. End of life arrangements were being made. Uh, he apparently had never regained consciousness and then passed away this week. According to a statement rela released by uh, the family, uh, in uh, by um, uh, by uh, Rep Representative Charles Largo said um, his brother Paul and twin boys Jaden and ja Jagger, who were seventeen, were aside in the early hours of Saturday, February eighteenth, twenty twenty-three. Tom Sizemore collapsed in his Los Angeles home. Was transported to hospital paramedics. He was found to be suffering from a brain aneurysm that occurred as a result of a stroke. Since that day, Tom has remained in critical condition in a coma intensive care. Tom has remained in intensive care since that day and hadn't regained consciousness. There will be a private cremation service for the family with a larger celebration of life event planned in a few weeks. Tom Sizemore, the, the Sizemore family has been comforted by the hundreds of messages of support and love shown to the son, brother, and father. They're asking for privacy during this difficult time and I'm asking for those wishes to be please be respected. On a personal note, I am very sad by the loss of not only a client, but a great friend and mentor of almost 15 years. Tom was the most sincere, kind, generous human beings I've had the pleasure of knowing. His courage and determination through adversity was always an inspiration to me. The past couple of years were great for him, and he was getting his back, getting his life back to a great place. He loved his sons and his family, and I will miss my friend Tom, Tom Sizemore greatly. Um, yeah, so very, very sad. He had struggled with a lot of alcohol and drug abuse issues, uh, over the years. Um, he had, uh, attended, I think, like, a few reality shows, uh, to help him get himself, uh, cleaned up. Um, but, um, he, uh, he, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, does weaken, weaken the body, but it looks like, you know, I don't think they said, um, um, I don't think they said the drug use directly led to this, but, you know, a lot of people are, are connecting it to that. Uh, he released a book uh, talking about his struggle with addiction. Uh, the memoir, which he released, I believe, in 2013, uh, called By Some Miracle, I Made It Out of There, and whatnot. Um, the memoir was, quote, a harrowing journey into the heart of his addiction, told in riveting and often shocking detail. By, by turns, gritty and heartbreaking is also one man's look at a particular moment in entertainment history, a window into the drug-fueled spotlight that sent Robert Downey Jr. to jail, killed River Phoenix, Heath Ledger, Chris Farley, and many others before their time. <sighs> so, um, according to IMDb, the actor has 33 upcoming credits for various productions, so we're going to see him probably a few more times, but unfortunately... Uh, he has he has passed away. So um, some of Tom Sizemore's best performances, according to Cinema Blend, and uh, you may want to try these try these out. These some of the older movies, but these are all great movies. Uh, Passenger Fifty Seven uh, with Wesley Snipes, great movie. Uh, we got True Romance. Oh, that was in nineteen ninety two. Nineteen ninety three. True Romance. Amazing movie with Christian Slater, uh, as well as Pat uh, Patricia Arquette. Great movie. Uh, Natural Born Killers, a gritty movie with Woody Harrelson, Juliette Lewis by um, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, the movie Heat. Oh, boy. One of my favorite movies. 
an all-star cast. Robert De Niro, uh, Al Pacino, Wes Studley, Studi, Wesley Stu, Wesley, West, West Study, things West Study, a great Native American actor, uh, as well as um, uh, uh, Robert De Niro. Uh, um, just an amazing movie, definitely, definitely worth checking out. Nineteen ninety five. Amazing movie. And then there is Wyatt Earp. He was in Wyatt Earp, one of the Wyatt Earp movies. Tom Swisemore. Good movie, that. Saving Private Ryan, which many people know him from. Uh, 1998-2002's Black Hawk Down. Great, great, great movie. Uh, Strange Days, uh, along with um, uh, uh, Denzel Washington. Devil in Blue Dress in 1994. The Relic in 1997, sci-fi movie. Bringing Out the Dead with Nick Cage in 1999, an underrated movie. Uh, more recent one, uh, in 2017, Mark Felt, The Man Who Brought Down the White House. Uh, also a great movie. And also, as a bonus, he also had small roles in uh, Enemy of the State, as well as um, uh, Point Break. Point Break, that's right. A little, a little, a little, a little small parts. Really good stuff. So, anyways, Tom Sizemore, great actor, struggled with addiction, passed away last week at the age of 61 after suffering a brain aneurysm after a stroke. Check out one of his movies, Hulu, Amazon, you can probably see him anywhere, but uh, great actor. Speaking of greatness, my friends, we have a great DJ here on AWSM Radio. It's my pal DC. And he's got three shows here on AWSM Radio. Friday nights at 9 p.m. It's DC Live in Effect. You do not want to miss out while well, he smashes it on the ones and twos kick of the beats from South Florida every week. And then on Saturdays, it's DC House Party Saturdays where DC brings his freestyling DJ to the max. House Party Saturdays gives you all the Miami vibe without actually having to step foot in Florida, which if you were me, that's not too bad. Uh, from the top clubs to the bars, DC will bring the party to you Saturdays at 10 p.m. And then finally, Sundays at 10 p.m., it's DC live in effect again. So just as a roundup and reminder, Fridays at 9 p.m., DC live in effect. Saturdays at 10 p.m., DC house party Saturdays. And then Sundays at 10 p.m., DC live in effect. Once again, my friends, only here on AWSM Radio. We now move on to some uh, entertainment news. Jenna Ortega, who you may know from the Wednesday series as well as the latest Scream movie, very popular, very talented, loved the Wednesday series, loved it, is apparently in talks to reunite with Tim Burton once again, who uh, helmed that Wednesday project for that 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 that. Beetlejuice 2, yes, that's right, Beetlejuice 2, uh, the original Beetlejuice, uh, starring Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, Jeffrey Jones, Catherine O'Hara, uh, Winona Ryder, and the great Michael Keaton, is apparently, apparently is moving towards production, hoping for late May or early June in London. Uh, there's no budget uh, yet. Things aren't into place, but she is in negotiations. Now, the original, the original Beetlejuice movie, a great movie. Michael Keaton, actually not in a whole lot part of that movie, but it's from 1988. Uh, and uh, they talked about doing a Beetlejuice 2 where Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii and surfing. 
but the urban legend is that Tim Burton had no desire to do it, so he wrote the worst script possible to get out of it. But apparently, this might just happen. That's right. Uh, Jenna Ortega is in talks to play the daughter of Lydia, who was played by Winona Ryder in the original, and Winona Ryder and Michael Keaton are expected to be back to reprise the roles with Tim Burton directing. Now, will Alec Baldwin, Baldwin be back? Uh, probably not, since he's facing manslaughter charges. Um, Catherine O'Hara from Schitt's Creek uh, fame. Uh, no word whether she would be back. Gene Davis, no idea would he be back. Uh, Jeffrey Jones, who played Lydia's uh, father in um, that movie, also from Ferris Bueller fame, and I think Howard the Duck, Unlikely to be back uh, since he is, um, well, let's say uh, problematic because he was arrested for uh, the possession of child pornography in 2002. Ooh. So uh, he is officially listed as a sex offender. So he is unlikely to be back. Um, unlikely to be back. Uh, uh, in that anytime soon. In fact, he hasn't really done a whole lot since then. Uh, a few movies. He was on Deadwood for a bit. That was happened after 2002. But, um, yeah. So he, he hasn't done much work. I don't think he'll be back as well. But uh, Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder and Jenna Ortega, I'd see that movie. I think that's fantastic. So the great Jenna Ortega uh, Wednesday also has been renewed for a second season. Uh, and she's going to be on Saturday Night Live tonight. Uh, she may play Lydia's daughter, which, you know what? Amazing casting. Perfect casting. I really hope this this goes, this works out, and it does it, because Love Beale Juice and Tim, Tim Burton is in charge uh, of uh, this movie. I bet it'll be great as well. In other entertainment news, Chris Rock released a stand-up special on Netflix uh, which covered, uh, which he talked about the infamous slap that Will Smith gave him on live TV, live TV, uh, during uh, the Oscars, and uh, apparently Will Smith was embarrassed and hurt by Chris Rock's Netflix special calling out his slap. You know who I bet was embarrassed and hurt by that? Chris Rock, also. Uh, also, uh, this, this new, um, this new, this new special called Chris Rock Selective Outrage, uh, also, <laughs> also went into detail about, uh, well, Will Smith and Jada, Jada, Jada Smith, uh, Jada had an extramarital affair with, uh, a singer named Augusta Alcindia, who was the friend of their son, apparently. So, uh, that's, that's, uh, hey, listen. Not kink shaming, not at all, but uh, eh, I, 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 it's it, it's a thing, it's a thing. So, um, anyways, he, uh, he according to uh, according to a source that told their team tonight, Smith was deeply affected by the Netflix slow and has told Chris Rock to quote let it go. Wow, that is some that is that takes uh that takes some reckless self confidence. Please let go of me slapping you on. On live TV. I'm banned from the Oscars for 10 years. Haven't I suffered enough? Uh, apparently, uh, Chris Rock uh, said that he wasn't going to talk about this. 
uh, but Will Smith has never apologized directly to him. According to a source close to Chris Rock, Chris never got a one-on-one private apology from Will, only the public one, which really meant nothing. So Chris Rock decided he's going to be done with it, and he was going to talk about it during his special. So have I watched it? No. Have I watched that clip? Uh, I did. I did. It was pretty intense. Pretty intense. But, uh, yeah, so Will Smith, embarrassed and hurt by Chris Rock talking about the incident that certainly hurt, might have embarrassed him too. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, worth checking out if you like Chris Rock. Yeah, you sure. The, apparently the special is on Netflix. Next up, my friends, we go to Spain, where a couple was sentenced to four and four and a half years of jail for a robbery, stealing 1.6 million euros. No, sorry, let me back up. Stealing 45 bottles of wine worth 1.6 million euros. Among them, a bottle of 1806 Chateau de the the Yakum worth three hundred fifty hundred thousand euros stolen at the Atria Hotel in Caracas in southwest Spain in October twenty twenty one. So like, kinda yeah, that was like two years ago. So the woman was sentenced to four years in jail and the man four and a half years in jail for guilty of burglary, burg burglary, enforced entry, and a meticulously meticulously planned crime. Uh, the court also ordered the pair who were arrested in Croatia in 2022 to pay the hotel nearly three-fourths of a million euros in compensation. According to the uh, the uh, court case, the woman checked in um, using a fake Swiss passport and is apparently a former Mexican beauty queen. Apparently, uh, they were dining in the Michelin's three-star restaurant of the hotel given a tour of the renowned wine cellar there before they retired to the room. Then at 2 a.m., uh, the woman called the reception, who only had one person working at the time to make her a salad. Uh, first, they she said she hadn't, and she couldn't do it because she was the only one working, and they had eaten a 14-course meal, but ended up making the salad. While she was making the salad, the man went into the reception area, stole a key card that thought would give them access to the wine cellar, but stole the wrong key. Then a few hours later, she called again to have a dessert made. And then, then, he went in and stole the right key and uh, took 45 bottles of wine, 45 bottles of wine uh, from it and uh, carried them out in two large bags before the receptionist returned to her post. Uh, the man who's Romanian and Dutch carried the bottles in a rucksack and two large bags before... Okay, so, uh, but they got caught last year, and now they're going to jail for four years for stealing uh, 45 bottles of very expensive wine. So, uh, you definitely should not drink and drive. You should not also plan a crime to steal drinks, because that will drive you to jail. Boom, look at that. That's the segue. Thank you very much, folks. Continuing with crime, we go to Ohio, the Buckeye State where ex-GOP speaker and lobbyist and Republican chair were convicted of a $60 million bribery scheme, which federal prosecutors have called the largest corruption case in state history. 
This was Ohio, former Ohio House Speaker Larry Householder and former state Republican chair Mike Borges and uh, whatnot. So uh, the jury in Cincinnati found them guilty on two counts of conspiracy in a racketeering enterprise involving bribery, money laundering. They could face 20 years in prison each. Uh, the government's prosecution team was able to show that householders sold the state house and betrayed the people he was elected to serve, and Borge was a willing co-conspirator. So apparently, this was all due around uh, uh, First Energy was bribing them to secure power in the legislature and elect his allies, and then pass and defend a legislation that would deliver a $1 billion power plant bail bailout to the Akron-based electric utility. They allege that Borge, who was a lobbyist then, thought to bribe Tyler Furman, an operative for inside information, on the referendum to overturn the bailout law. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So he was the uh, Speaker of the House. He There were calls for him to uh, resign. Um, the the householder had been Ohio's most one of Ohio's most powerful politicians, a historically twice elected Speaker of the House before his indictment. After his arrest, the Republican-controlled House ousted him from leadership post, but he refused to resign for months on the grounds that he was innocent to proven guilty. But then, in a bipartisan vote, the representatives ousted him from the chamber. The first expulsion from the House of Representatives in Ohio in over 150 years. So, do the math. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. Um, yeah. So, uh, in a, according to this article, in a move that had maybe been pivotal to the trial's outcome, Householder took the stand in his own defense and being confident and relaxed, he spent the day contradicting FBI testimony, defending his support for the bailout bill, known as House Bill 6, and denying that he attended swanky Washington dinners where prosecutors alleged he and First Energy executives hatched the scheme in 2017, but then he was eviscerated in his claims in cross-examination the very next day. According to uh, Rachel Bell, CEO of the government watch group Ohio Citizen Action, she said she hopes that the trial and guilty verdict turns the tide in Ohio politics. Quote, we don't believe that utilities funneling millions of dollars through shell corporations to drive state policy is how the state government should work, nor do Ohio voters. After so many years of utility-controlled energy policy that favored fossil fuels, Ohio must now move on towards more equitable, forward-looking solutions that protect our air and water, the health of Ohioans, and provide clean energy jobs to keep Ohio competitive in the 21st century economy. So, uh, yeah. Go figure. Go figure. I, I, I heard about this. I'm, I live in Pennsylvania. Ohio's next door, but yep. Speaker of the House, former head of the Republican Party, $60 million bribery scheme for a fossil fuel utility. Go figure. Boy, it's like lazing, it's almost like lazy writing on a crime drama. Nope, my friends. True story. And you know what else is a true story, my friends? Uh, this is the place to be on your commute home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. It's the Rock Sessions. It's our drive time show. And my pal Rocks, the lovely, the beautiful, the talented, the amazing Rocks will make sure your evening commute home is fun. Featuring the hottest music on the charts and some other surprises in between, my friend Rocks 
will make it rock, rock style, like I said, Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., only here, my friends, on AWSM Radio. We now go to China, where Chinese President Xi Jinping has been elected, elected to a uh, unprecedented third term of president of his country uh, this last week. Um, expected to stay on. Uh, now, being president is largely ceremonial, but he's also in charge of the party and the military, which are kind of the real power brokers behind it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so originally, originally, there had been a sort of established precedent and even term limits for Chinese presidents uh, to do two terms. Had been that way since the mid-90s, but uh, widely seen as a way for him to um, consolidate power, uh, he has continued onward. Uh, he became president in 2013, abolished term limits in 2018. And uh, he was you elected unanimously by the governing body, the Chinese Communist Party's 20th National Congress. Uh, but it's really just, it's very much a rubber stamp. That's pretty much, there is never any drama at these things. But um, he was also formally reappointed as chairman of the Central Military Commission, holding all of the top posts. Uh, the Party Congress happens twice a decade to fill top government positions such as president and premier. Uh, the premier has been filled by one of his close associates. So he's going to be president for the next five years. So um, looks like there is going to be more increase in direct control of the government from the party central, which uh, over the last few decades has become a little more loose. But there are a variety of challenges facing China, including a slowing economy, a uh, actually shrinking population. For the first time in over half a century, the population of China actually went down a bit. And uh, there's just a lot of challenges, and he's hoping to sort of lock things in and be, I don't know, a strong man of China, but definitely a more centrally run um, government than in the past. We, we shall see. Also, uh, also, China has various uh, neighborly tensions, uh, mostly in the South China Sea in Taiwan with various claims and whatnot. So we shall see what happens there. But uh, President Z, Z, G, Z, I don't know what he goes by. I don't follow China politics. Z, okay, X, I, Z. Once again, President, the Chairman of the Central Military Congress Commission, got in charge in China for a third unprecedented term in China. Moving along, former President Trump has released a new book. Yes, that's right. He uh, released a previous coffee table book featuring photos during his time as president, uh, which were mostly taken by White House photographers, which are, I guess, technically public property, but decided to take them, not compensate them, and make a book out of them to make money on his own. And this is after his NTF uh, thing where he was re releasing digital art of himself for $99. Needless to say, they're worthless now. But now he is releasing a new book called Letters to Trump featuring over 150 letters written to him by other people with some photos and some commentary on letters. So it's a book of people writing nice things to him and then him talking about those people. <clears throat> yeah. 
So uh, they include uh, letters from uh, Barack Obama, George W. Bush, Richard Nixon, Oprah Winfrey, Michael Jackson, uh, Princess Diana, uh, as well as uh, former other international politicians such as Kim Jong-un and President Jair Bolsonaro and whatnot. So it's uh, letters are letters were during before he became president, uh, and then during president, and then I guess after he was president, and whatnot, and um, uh, yeah. So there's all these all these different letters back and forth and whatnot. Um, eh, okay. So um, anyways, there, there's released April twenty fifth uh, features around one hundred fifty letters along with commentary and photos, and uh, published by. Winning team, found by his son, Donald Trump Jr., and Republican political operative, Sergio Gore. Proud himself, gosh, you know, a book of letters written to Donald Trump talking about how great he is and whatnot, and his responses back to them. How much would you pay for a book like this? $70? No. $50? No. $29.95? No. $99, yes, $99 for a book of letters written to someone else saying nice things about it. Or if you want to splurge and get a signed edition of the book where I guess he totally signs it and isn't, you know, auto-penned, uh, $400, that's right, $399, $399, that's right, according to the winningpublishing.com's um, uh, 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 listing for this. Um, get an original hand-signed edition to Letters of Trump. Each copy will have an original autograph book plate hmm. uh, by President Donald J. Trump. This photo book will become a family treasure. A family treasure. That's right. Grandma's ashes? No. The wedding ring from my great-great-grandmother? No. Uh, an old deed map of a gold mine. Nope. Letters from Trump. No, it's, it's 2022. Uh, bring down that book. That book from up there, the top shelf. Careful, it's a collector's edition. Yes, my grandfather bought the letters from Trump and had it signed by Trump himself. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. This, this is a national treasure. And one day, it'll be yours. <sighs> Anyways, this is, yet again, the latest grift, the latest grift from Donald Trump. Um, just, uh, it says here, all sales are final, go figure. It says, please note, President Donald J. Trump will hand-sign book plates for these books. However, we are unable to personalize or accept special messaging requests. Uh, <laughs> you know, for, for $400, I, you know what, I will... <laughs> <laughs> I bet there's going to be three months after this when, you know, there's still like, there's still mountains of books at Mar-a-Lago for a thousand dollars. He'll write a special message or these books will be handed out at a campaign event that's paid for his campaign has paid a premium to these books to hand these books out to other people. So, so if you're a big fan of Donald Trump and if you are, you're probably not listening to the show. Uh, you can get a non-personalized autographed family treasure. Letters to Trump! Delivery will be uh, released April 25th, 2023.
Friends, if you have no money to attend sporting events because you've spent it all on various picture books and books full of letters, well, we can get you caught up to date here on AWSM Radio on Wednesday nights because that's when our sports shows are on. First up at 9 p.m., it's To the Rack with Mac. Uh, it, this is your go-to spot for all things basketball. Join NBA expert Mac Daddy as he brings you a full hour of high-flying hoops expertise for all things NBA. Tune in Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. to To the Rack with Mac. And then at 10 p.m., it's What's Going On? What's going on is our Fox Sports affiliate show, providing listeners with over 150 combined years of sports knowledge, hosted by Nate Brown and his crew. They are a staple of Western New York sports for the past two decades, and they are now, they are now, my friends, moving national Wednesdays at 10 p.m. So just to remind you, 9 p.m., to the Rack with Mac, 10 p.m., what's going on only here on AWSM Radio. Well, my friends, that just about wraps up this week's Sour Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. Thank you for joining me here today. Remember, you can find me on the Twitter, on the Cameo, Facebook, Instagram, at Colt S. Taylor. The podcast version of the show can be found at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. And, of course, for all things me, visit ColtSebastianTaylor.com. All right, my friends, until next time, I am, of course, your friend, Colt Sebastian Taylor, and I'll see you later. And once again, thank you for listening to the podcast version of the Sad Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor, here on whatever device you're listening to it on. As a reminder, check out the links below. Life points, take some surveys, earn some points, get some gift cards. And, of course, for all your social media management needs, check out my friends at Social Bean. The links are below. Click on them. It helps, supports the show, and brings me back to you every week. All right, until next time, this is Colt Sebastian Taylor signing off for the podcast version. Yes, podcast of the Terry Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor.